investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 33 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. Um, so, so far this year we've done a number of podcasts on different aspects of uh, apartment buying and the apartment market and things that you should and shouldn't do. Um, and a lot of that has been based around um, upgrades and, and spotting faults or necessary upgrades that um, that a property or an apartment may require. And for a lot of buyers, that can actually be a, a positive thing. So things, opportunities to add value, um, the faults may lead to uh, less competition on the property. Um, and it also may give opportunities to be able to put your own touches to an apartment and, and give it your particular flavour. Um, the other aspect that a lot of buyers are looking at is that by buying something that perhaps hasn't had a lot of cosmetic upgrades is that a larger portion of that end value is made up of the fund, the, the positive fundamentals that are likely to give that property a better opportunity to, um, to grow uh, down the track and then you can add those cosmetic upgrades yourself and add value that way too. Um, but what can be more critical when you're looking at this type of buying is the uncontrollable or the less controllable elements of the property. Um, and that's more specifically in apartment buying around the owner's corporation or formerly the body corporate. Um, so today I wanted to have a look at, at add-on owner's corporations with apartment buildings and, and things that you, that you need to be aware of um, and that will give you the best, by looking for these types of things, it'll give you the best chance to know what you're buying into when you do buying into an apartment block. Now, um, these will be, this is preventative research, is it probably the best way to do it, to, to look at it, um, and it should be done prior to purchasing an apartment. Now, of course, nothing's going to be foolproof, so, um, but hopefully these will give you the best opportunity to minimise any negativity around an owner's corporation. So the first thing that I thought we'd look at is the actual property inspection. Now, this might seem fairly obvious, um, and when you do it in conjunction with a number of the other steps that we're going to talk about, um, it really becomes a vital part of the process. Now, for what we do um, as property advisors and buyers advocates, the, the fortunate position that we're in, that because our business has been in place for over 25 years, we've got a fairly extensive database of, um, of apartment blocks um, that we've been looking at for a long period of time. And, and what that does is it shows us um, the condition of these blocks, the common area, and when and if they are actually being maintained and, and looked after over an extended period so that we can see if, look, that block's looked the same in poor condition for 10, 15, 20 years or that one used to look that way, but we can see that there's been a bit of effort put in here and it's starting to really come along and, and present really well. So it gives some, some really good insights. Now, typically you find when people go to look at an apartment building, they, they know what they're looking for and, and the first part of that is to look at the apartment itself. And when you're looking at that, you're looking for things like the size of the apartment, the fit out, the orientation, position in the block. Does it have attributes that you're looking for, a balcony, a, a car space, storage facilities, that sort of thing. Um, but when you're looking at it for the own, from that's more specific to the apartment. When you go down the path of, okay, well, let's look at it to see whether or not we've got a good owner's corporation, you're focusing more on the common areas um, and whether or not the maintenance and things has been done appropriately. So first off, it's, for instance, the stairwells. Um, so is it carpeted? And if so, is it starting to wear? Is it stained? Or has it been looked after and, and regularly cleaned and replaced when necessary? 
Um, are the walls constantly marked from tenants or, or occupants coming in and out of the property, bringing up furniture up stairwells, or is it regularly painted or cleaned and, and looked after in a, an appropriate manner? And even things like light fittings um, and, and even light globes, uh, are the stairwells dark and dingy because they're not being looked after, or is it nice and light and bright and will make any occupant of that property feel safe and secure in their own home? So these are little might seem like little things, but it starts to really paint a picture. Um, Gardens as well can be a really good indicator. Are they are they well looked after? Are they maintained? Um, is it full of weeds? Or if there's lawn, has that been mown on a regular basis? Um, and it, look, gardens with boutique blocks and most apartment blocks, they shouldn't be an expensive exercise. It's not as though that there's uh, huge amounts of um, of lawn and garden space that has to be maintained so it shouldn't be a significant expense and and therefore should give a really good indication whether or not an owner's corporation is prepared to spend that small amount of money that can make a big difference in terms of the presentation of the property itself other external elements are things like the um, the window frames and perhaps fascia uh, boards are they starting to become worn particularly if it's timber um, has it um, started to weather and, and not been painted in recent times some um, brick blocks have been painted over the years and if that's been the case has that been kept up to date and um, and refreshed every so often again to make sure that the block is uh, is looking appropriate um, and then another one from an external presentation can be um, driveways and, and paths um, have they become cracked and things over time perhaps from tree roots or um, on driveways just heavy uh, vehicles perhaps have been on there and it's really started to, to lead to damage and potentially ock health and safety issues so what's been done in those sorts of areas again to make sure that things are being looked after um, these are just they're good insights into the um, the activity and the attitude of those within the owners corporation the next one um, is not always a is not always possible and it's quite actually quite difficult to do but if there's an opportunity to speak to an occupant of the property um, that can really tell you a lot now that's not to say that you should go and knock on everyone's door within the building and see who you can speak to but if there's someone around when you're inspecting the property and they look fairly friendly and, and are happy to have a chat um, that's a worthwhile exercise now no I've said occupant rather than owner or um, or renter specifically I think either way can give you a good insight you tend to find that renters perhaps can be a little bit negative focusing on the negativity side of things but owner occupiers can go the reverse and, and be overly positive because they want to make sure that their um, the value in their in their property is uh, is kept up so there's a balance there but you can certainly get some some really good insights things like um, are there any noise issues with the building and that's not necessarily um, occupants within but perhaps neighboring properties as well um, is maintenance kept up? Um, so when things are needed to be done, like changing light globes to, to keep safety issues up and, and that type of thing, or um, perhaps if there's a security gate to get in, is that um, regularly maintained, that type of thing? Um, and is there a responsiveness from the owner's corporation management company? Are they, are they prepared to do things when requested? Um, that, all these sorts of things can tell. I mean, in larger blocks, for instance, um, there can sometimes be leaks from balconies. And, and again, is that looked after and attended to um, where necessary? So all these things will start to paint a picture and help um, to give you an understanding how the block runs and, and what's involved. Not always easy from an occupant perspective, but can be very useful if you're able to um, find someone to speak to. Now, the next one is probably one of the most key components um, to doing your due diligence around an owner's corporation. 
Um, and that's around the, the minutes of the, um, the previous owner's corporation annual general meeting, as well as the owner's corporation certificate. Now, both of these documents will be included within the vendor statement um, in the contract of sale prior to purchase. So you should be able to review that and have a look at these documents. So the owner's corporation certificate typically includes um, the, the current status of things rather than perhaps being a little bit more um, delayed. So things like the fees, owner's corporation fees and a breakdown of what's included within the administration of the block and what's included perhaps within a maintenance fund. Um, any planned upcoming costs, um, the current insurance cover, the total costs held by the owner's corporation within their fund, perhaps any leases or license agreements that are over common property, so things like um, courtyards or uh, car parks that may not be on title but are for the exclusive use of the occupant of that property, and perhaps any notices that have been served on the owner's corporation. Now within the um, AGM minutes, there's um, it will state when the last mi uh, meeting was held, which gives you a bit of an idea as to whether or not some of the information in there might have been further actioned or whether or not it um, may have only just come up depending upon when the last meeting was. Um, it'll tell you who attended the last meeting as well as any apologies, um, the financial position of the uh, owner's corporation and any upcoming budgets that they may have put together, um, appointment of the, ma of the management company, so who's overseeing things, uh, confirmation of insurance, Oc Health and Safety report, uh, a committee report, and then any discussions that have been had specifically about the block and the ongoing running of the block. So are there works that people, different people think need to be done or issues that may have arisen that may need to be attended to or plans that they've got um, upcoming. So all those sorts of things will be read, will be in the, um, the minutes for the, uh, the AGM. Um, the other thing that you can quite often find, um, particularly if they are in attendance, is is there um, one person who owns multiple properties within the block? Now, that can be an issue particularly in smaller blocks because someone may have a monopoly on um, the ownership and therefore can really drive what will and won't happen within the block. So that can be a bit of an issue, for instance, if you've got uh, a block of six apartments and one person owns three or four, then they're really going to have a controlling interest. And if the block's not well maintained, they may well be driving that and therefore things may not change while while they still have that, that large portion. So that's something to just be mindful of and, and have a look at as well. And once you've had a, you've looked at all these documents, and you can then create a bit of a list of questions and queries and things that you're not sure about and things that need to be addressed, which then leads me to the, the final point in, um, in this due diligence process. And that's around um, speaking to an owner's corporation manager of the block. So once you've got that list um, you've, you've made, then you can give the owner's court manager a call. Now, some of them will be extremely helpful and, and be prepared to sit down and, and have a chat with you over, over the phone and answer any questions that you've got. Others may well um, stipulate that it's got to go through appropriate channels in their words, and that may mean that it needs to come through the current owner. So in that instance, you would go back to the estate agent and say, well, these are queries that I've got from the minutes and from the certificate. Can you please have these answered for me? Um, so what, there'll be questions there. Obviously, some of the others that you may like to, um, to ask are things like, um, this is of the owner's court manager, uh, is there a maintenance plan? Um, do you have a sinking fund in place? Um, what are the attendee numbers like at the uh, at recent AGMs, not just the current, the most recent one, but previous ones to that? And 
is it an active owners corporation? Because the manager can only do so much. If the owners of the block are not there to drive things, then the manager can really not do a lot about it. So do you have active owners who are wanting to drive things and, and get things done? Um, are there any active or any current levies that have been struck uh, that I need to know about or any quotes that have been obtained for potential future works that are coming up? And so is there anything planned that, um, that has been discussed at, at previous meetings that I should know about. Now, you can also, if necessary, ask for previous copies of the um, annual general meeting minutes. So you'll, you'll find that you'll only get the most recent in the contract of sale. But if you ask for it, they'll be, and you've got a helpful owner's court manager, you may be able to get the last um, two or three just to sort of get a bit of a feel as to how many people are attending. Because even if there's not a huge number, if there's apologies in people who are um, really making a point of trying to be involved, and that's a good sign. But if you've got a block of 20 apartments and there's only two people turning up, well, you can look at it two ways. Some people would look at that and say, well, there's no one shows any interest in this block. It's not, nothing's going to get done. But you could also look at it that, well, if I get in there and I start pushing and, and, and trying to get things moving, if I put forward plans and ideas of things that need to be done and no one objects to that within 28 days, I think is my understanding of the... Um, uh, of the minute of the meeting, then those works become um, part of the process and they will get done. So there's there's two ways to look at it, but it's just a, it's partly um, your appetite as to um, how much you want to drive the works that are done, that are there to, to be done. So all this preliminary work that you'll do really starts to paint a picture of the type of development that you are buying into and the activity that's there. And obviously, depending upon the size of the development, some of these factors are going to be more important than others. So for instance, um, a maintenance fund in a larger development is really important. For instance, if you've got a block of 100 apartments and there's a lift in that development, well then, um, if there's not a maintenance fund and the lift breaks down, it's going to be very hard to get money off 100 different people to, to repair that. Whereas if you've got a sinking fund or a maintenance fund sitting there, then the money can then be used to, to make the repairs necessary, get the lift back up and running and all occupants are happy. Um, so ideally, you really do want to have an active owners corporation who are prepared to spend money and, and do the necessary things to keep the property presenting in a, an appropriate manner. A lot of people ask questions of us um, around uh, how many owner occupiers versus investors are in a block. And look, it, and with the mindset that owner occupiers look after things um, and, and probably present a property better, the other thing to be mindful of in that scenario, though, is that owners can sometimes be more focused on what's in their own best interests and what they like and what they need as opposed to what's in the best interests of the block as a whole. So sometimes there can be unnecessary money spent on a, on a block because that's what an owner they feels they need when it's not really benefiting the block as a whole. So just be mindful of that balance as well. So this week's case study um, and story that we've got was a, um, a block um, in the inner eastern suburbs of Melbourne, we, we'd um, been looking at this block and, and there was an apartment that came up for sale um, at a, it was a number of years ago now. Um, but it, it had always been a really good block, but it had just become quite tired and hadn't had anything done to it. It was very well positioned, um, good natural light if you were in the right position, had good off-street parking, and it was a really nice street as well. Um, and the apartment that came up in there um, was in a great position within the block and was very well suited to an investor client that I was looking for at the time, someone who wanted to be able to add a bit of value but wanted to be in a, in a really good position. Um, 
but I had been concerned because of the lack of work. And so we, we hadn't purchased anything in the block for a, a couple of years for that reason. But we got a copy of the contract. We had a look through the, um, the minutes of the uh, AGM and the certificate, and I had a, a solicitor look at them as well. And we noticed that there was um, levies that had been struck for some works to be done. And that was some significant landscaping works as well as external painting. Um, this property had been painted the brickwork at a different stage, but it had become in pro quite poor condition. Um, and then there was to be works done in the common area stairwells and things as well. So there was quite a bit planned, but the, the key part was because the levies had been struck, it meant that the vendor was going to be paying for the work, not my client, the buyer. So that my client was going to get the benefit of all of this work that was to be done without any expense. Now this property at the time was for private sale. So um, I had my client through very quickly. They were in a great position. So we moved really quickly and were able to put an offer in and get it accepted and, and get it wrapped up at a, what we felt was a really good price. And then um, with the works to be done fairly soon after the purchase date, it meant that we had a, um, a great property um, that presented really well with minimal expense apart from the uh, internal works that my client wanted to do anyway. Um, and it really meant that the, um, the, the, the property ticked along. We got some really good spike in values as a result of that. Um, and uh, it's been a great property for that client ever since. So that's about it for this week's episode. Thanks again for joining me for episode 33 this week of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. As always, please feel free to share the podcast with friends, family, uh, and colleagues. Um, and if you would like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au, and we wish you all the best with your property decisions.